Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Ready to get into today's word? We're starting a brand new series, and this brand new series is called Under Construction, Purposing to Rebuild. And there's four areas that we're going to look at what God's wanting to do or to rebuild in this time of construction. And you'll notice that up here on the platform, there's a lot of things going on, things that look like things are under construction. There's signs and ladders and all that other kind of stuff. And, and my wife said to me, she said, uh, I, I hate your platform. And I said, well, why? She goes, because it's so messy. She said, it's distracting. There's too much up there. And I said, precisely the point. Because you realize when things are under construction, things tend to get a little messy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we're going to be getting into this series this morning, and today we're going to be looking at the rebuilding of the church. Now, once again, when it comes to being under construction, how many of you know oftentimes there are signs that are posted to let you know that something is going on, right? There might be signs that literally say, under construction. You might have cones or caution tape or keep out right and so there are signs that are communicating something they're they're communicating that something is going on and that something is taking place and once again once you see the signs there is a natural expectation okay there's going to be mess all right regular operations might be suspended a little bit things might slow down but on the other side you realize that things are going to become better and more efficient and you realize that things are going to benefit you greatly on the other end of the construction or the rebuilding and when you look at that word rebuilding it simply means to build something again after it's been damaged but did you realize that God has been a God that has been consistently rebuilding from the very beginning of creation he made something and then it got a little damaged it got a little weathered. It got a little uh, worn out or life just kind of beat it up. And so he said, you know what? It's time that we got to rebuild. And so God has always been in the rebuilding process to make it better, right? Is everybody it's tracking with me? Come on, I mean, just, just, just look at your, your own personal life. How many of you are satisfied with where you're at? How many are, are satisfied with where you were at 10 years ago? No, we're always purposing to better ourselves, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, man, as my older years, I like to eat more than I've ever liked to eat before. And, and my body is, is giving me signals and signs that says you need to go under some reconstruction, right? But yet... Uh, again, when you look at yourself, you're like, I got to do something about that. But then again, it's not necessarily that easy to make some changes. But listen, most of us are honest to rec recognize that there needs to be some rebuilding or there's some things that need to come under construction. And so I want to bring a couple things to your attention here. And this is really the beginning of the church where God began to establish some things within the body of Christ. Obviously, the Bible tells us that he went to the cross. He was raised from the dead. He ascended to the Father. But before he left, he says, now listen, 
the reconstructing or the rebuilding isn't finished yet. He says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 4. He says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Everybody say wait. He says, Now wait for the promise of the Father. And he was referring to the Holy Spirit. So did you notice that God said, or Jesus said to them, he says, now, I did an awesome work through the cross just a little bit ago. And boy, you sure look good since you're in me. For, you know, the Bible says that if you're in Christ, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, you're brand spanking new once you receive Jesus. But then he also says, now, there's even more. He says, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. He says, but now, in order for this to happen, he says, I want you to go and wait so in other words there was a delay there was some things that were under construction it took a little bit of time for them to just pause and slow down come on how many of us need to slow down in this life he says there's some things that I have for you but it's important that you slow down pause and allow what I'm uh, uh, desiring to do in your life to become or come to completion in your life. And he says, now, when you have received this promise, when the construction is done, you're going to like what you see. How many of you know that God doesn't make any junk? God, God purposes to make you just like he said he was going to. That we're created in his image and his likeness. Come on, we're just like our daddy God. And he says, you're going to like the way you look. And so... As we see this here, we see that the time has come for us as the body of Christ. It's time that we are to slow down. When it comes to the reconstruction and the rebuilding that, that God is wanting to do, God is saying, I need you to take some time to pause. I need you to take some time to relax. I need you to take some time to allow there to be a transformation to take place. Now, how many of you realize that when it comes time to rebuild or to remodel, sometimes it's difficult to continue seeing the end goal or the end result, right? I mean, for instance, you see the orange cones come out in the springtime, and it's road construction time, and, and they've been saying to you, you know what, we're going to add an extra lane to the highway, and so at the end of getting this highway built, man, it's going to cause your travel to be more uh, uh, consistent. It's going to allow more traffic to flow, and so therefore, less bottlenecks, less, less, less traffics and traffic jams. You're going to like the end result, but listen, in the process of all the mess and all the rebuilding and all the construction that's taking place. How many of you know it's hard to see the end result because all I see right now is how it's affecting me, right? How many of you felt like you lost your Christianity in the traffic jam? <laughs> you know, you're going down the road and, dear God, if pastor could have heard the way I was talking in my car, man, whoa, come on. Uh, I, I was even waving at that guy, telling me he's number one. <laughs> you know, not that any of you would do that, but you know what I'm saying. You know, it, it's, it's hard to see the end result, or it's easy, I should say, to, to lose focus of it. And oftentimes in the process, it can bring out the worst in us, even when God is trying to do some transformation on the inside. God's church and God's people are under construction right now. 
there is a rebuilding process that God is doing, and in that there is a growth that is coming and that is upon us. But how many of you know that in that growth process, it can be frustrating? It can cause us to be irritated. Rather than slowing down during the, the constructions, oftentimes what we end up doing is saying, rather than getting caught in the traffic, I'm going to get off and take a detour. And how many of you know that there has been a lot of people that have got off to take the detour and just never found their way back? Come on, but thank God that our prayers are working. And I'm not talking just about our church. I'm talking about the church across the board. Many are getting off because I don't want to deal with the mess. I don't want to deal with the pain. I don't want to deal with the frustration right now. And so I'm just going to get off and I'm going to find myself taking a different direction. And again, oftentimes those people find themselves becoming lost. Again, just to describe where we've been as a church. And again, when I say the church, I'm not talking about just our church. I, again, I'm talking across the board. How many of you know that over the last two decades, there has become a lot of potholes within the body of Christ, within the church? And what do you do when it comes to potholes? Well, if it's anything like how our state handles potholes, you just put the, the quick ready patch in there and you stuff it on there and you just hope it sticks for a little while. But you know it's not going to stick forever. It's just a quick band-aid and eventually it's going to come unpatched and it's going to be worse off than it was before. And the damage caused by the potholes is greater than it was when it was to begin with, Right? And oftentimes we see that is what's taking place because in the body of Christ there has become a bigger void and there's more damage that is taking place as a result of not truly allowing God to transform us, to rebuild us, and allow ourselves to come under construction for God to do what He wants to do in this hour and this time. But as I said, this is the hour that God is rebuilding the church. It's the hour that we're under construction. And you're going to like the way you look you're going to like the end result. And the end result is upon us. We're going to begin to see the results of what God is doing. But let me just again continue to bring some things to your attention here. Because shortly after, in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, where he says, now, I want you to wait for just a moment. I want you to pause. I want you to just to get still because there's some rebuilding when I send the Holy Spirit. But then just uh, another chapter after that, or in chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, we see this. It says, And with many other words he testified, and he exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So obviously he's recognizing that the world around us isn't real favorable for us as believers. And this was written to the beginning of the church. How much more in this hour that this is pertinent for us to understand or to hear? He says, save yourself from this perverse generation. He says, then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrines and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear, fear or allness of God or clarity or just simply life become prioritized. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed uh, together had all things in common and sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all 
as anyone had need. Verse 46 says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from, the ho from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Come on, there's a lot of things that we're going to unpackage there in that particular verse. But this is the beginning of the church. And he's giving them some, some, some instructions. He says, there has been a rebuilding process. You, you have received the Holy Spirit. He says, now, this is some things that you need to be attentive to. Or he began to describe what things look like. Did you notice that the Bible says that those believers or Christians, it says that they continued with the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So in other words, you could say it this way. There was a season or there was a time or during this time they truly respected a minister and valued what the minister said. And it says that they walked away hearing what the minister said. It said, man, that was good. I, 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 man, God was talking right to me. And then they started having fellowship. And they started expressing just what God was doing in their own life. We also begin to see that it says that they had fellowship they broke bread and they prayed. So in other words, man, they had times of fellowship, potlucks, and prayer services. They just got together and hung out. And then it says that great fear came upon them. Again, that fear is simply a hunger and a desire for God. They hungered for growth. They hungered to see God move. And the Bible says that because of their hunger, there was actually miracles that began to take place. What was the cause of that? It was their hunger. It was their faith. It was the growing of their faith and their desire to see God move. And when they desire that, it says that God did move. It says that they had all things in common. Now, isn't this interesting? Because as we've read this before, there's been individuals that say, well, you know, the Bible says that they sold all their possessions, they sold their goods, and they just lived in a commune. I mean, they just, they just hung around the campfire playing the guitar and... You know, they just put it in a pop, you know, a populist kitty, you know, and everybody that had, they just went and made a withdrawal. No, that's not what it says. It says all those individuals that were following God, that God was rebuilding and reconstructing and moving in their life, it says they actually began to prosper. And so it says that because out of their prospering, it says they gave of their goods. Well, if you're giving of your goods, that must mean that you have goods to give or in other words you have a business or you're entrepreneur so in other words God was moving on behalf of those individuals and increasing them and it says now if there was somebody that had need then it says they had the ability to help them well who was it the ones that needed the help it was the newbies it was the ones that just came into the faith it was the ones that were just learning but man once they started hanging around some people that knew a few things well praise God you mean God can do that for me you mean God can increase me you mean God can bless me? Absolutely. And then they begin to trust God. And Wow, did you see what God was doing in my life? I mean, I've got the ability not just to hoard everything to myself because I don't know how I'm going to get another paycheck. No, man, I've been blessed and I can help others. Why? Because, man, I've learned how to let God rebuild me, put me under construction, and, man, this has changed my life. Amen. And then it goes on to say this, that they continued daily in the temple. They had gladness and simplicity of heart. They praised God. And listen, it says that they had favor with all people. 
Come on, how many of you know that when it comes to people, people have a preconceived idea about Christians, right? And we don't see anywhere in here that they were over there being Jesus Bible thumpers. No, they were just living life, but because of the grace and the power of God and the, the mercy of God was upon their life, everywhere that they go, people just liked them. How many of you know that when you're a genuine follower of Christ, people will like you? And your life will preach Jesus, not you having to tell them that they're going to hell. You better turn or burn, baby. No, listen, your whole life and the love and the glory of God that is upon your life will cause people to want what you have. Amen. And then it says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In fact, it says that there was 3,000 that were added in that one particular day. Now, I want to ask you a question. Does that look like the church today? And it's a sobering question. This was the beginning of the church, and it says that they just went through a under-construction process. And look at how their lives were transformed and how it impacted people. But you would have to ask yourself the question, does that look like the church today? And we would have to emphatically say, no, it doesn't. So it would lean or lead us to understand that, man, we need to allow ourselves to be rebuilt from the damage that has been happening throughout our lives. And we've got to be real to understand, man, I've allowed myself to get to a place. I've allowed the enemy to beat me up. I've allowed life circumstances to get me under, and I just got to come out because it's time to have some construction or reconstruction done in my life, and it's time to rebuild because God wants to take care of the damage that's happened in my life so that I can be effective in this time. Can somebody say amen? Now, here's the thing that I, I, I find interesting because, once again, when we read this story, people will say, but come on now, be realistic. I mean, that was Dan. They lived in a commune. You know, they were just all hanging out, just wearing their flip-flops and wearing their robes, you know, and playing their ukuleles kind of thing. You know, that was not how it was. They were ordinary people living ordinary lives, going to jobs like everybody else. They had kids, they had families, they had husbands and wives, but they just learned that in this life, in this time, I'm going to prioritize my relationship with God, and I'm going to love God with everything within me. Amen. Isn't it interesting? It says that they went to the temple daily. In other words, they went to church. Dear God now. I'm doing good if I get to church once, once a month now. I'm really doing good if I go twice. Every other week, man, I'm, oh, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? But they were going every day. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that season or time of your life. And I remember there was a time back in the day where, man, you would go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Man, and they would have special services. And, man, that was every night of the week for a whole week straight. And if it went real well, man, they said, let's, let's, let's do it another week. And you went two weeks. Well, if it went real well, let's do it three weeks. And you went to church. And you didn't do it grudgingly. You didn't think, oh, dear God, my wife, I'm going to go to church tonight. Man, no, we was wanting to go to church. Why? Because God showed up, and he was doing some rebuilding and some reconstruction in our lives. And, man, we had fellowship with one another, and God was moving with you, and God was moving with you. And, man, God's moving in me, and you just could not get enough of God. In other words, God was doing something in the life of people that the distractions of life wasn't the fill anymore. 
you realize the potholes are in everybody's lives and we have tried to go here and go there we've tried to do this and do that we've tried to occupy and entertain ourselves here and there we've tried to medicate with this and medicate with that because lord knows i deserve it and i gotta be i gotta feel good come on now you know we've looked to other things to fill the potholes but when you begin to allow god to be the god of your life you begin to find that man there is a transformation that begins to take place and man god becomes my focus what are you, a radical, uh, uh, one of those radical Jesus freak kind of guys? No, there's nothing freaky about it. Listen, do you realize when you're in heaven, you're going to be talking about, thinking about, uh, uh, preaching about, singing about Jesus every single day? I mean, you just might find, man, you're, you're sitting around the water cooler and somebody says, praise God, and everybody goes, whoa, praise God. Come on. I mean, you're just walking down the street, walking your dog, and, and the dog says, hallelujah. And you, whoa, hallelujah, praise God. <laughs> Why? Because you're so conscious of who he is. And you can't help but praise God and have him on your mind. Well, that's when we get to heaven. No, didn't you not know what Jesus said? He says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants us to have a little bit of heaven here on this earth, Right? So God wants us to have an understanding of who he is in this season and in this time. But how many of you know it says that when they were together, they had all things in common? So in other words, the things in common was Jesus. He goes to work, she goes to work, you do your thing, I do my thing, I have my family, you got your family, but you know what? There's a common denominator. It's Jesus, and it binds us together. And therefore, listen, we don't fret about tomorrow because, man we, man, we just trust God. But I said God's doing a rebuilding process. How many of you know that the body of Christ is like a team? And how many of you know that every team member is important on the team? Right? Without the team members in the game, you're at a disadvantage. And let me ask you, do they ever, do they ever put the third and the fourth string quarterback in the game right from the very beginning? No, they put their best out front, right? Because they want to have the advantage of the game. But now if he gets hurt, well, then they put the next guy in. But everybody is necessary and is needed. So I got an example here for you, if that's all right. may not be a good one, and we'll, we'll see if it works, all right? But you, you realize that we're in the game. We're in the game of life, walking with Jesus. So, hey, man, Matt's on my team. Here you go, Matt. Man, he caught that, man. Come on, I need some. Give me some, give me some. Come on, woo, come on. I need what Matt's got. He's got something. Now, I just gave a little bit of, right back, oh, man, he's got something. Oh, I need, give me some back, man. Woo, praise God. Here you go. Oh, yeah, come on. Hey, oh, yeah, you got it, man. I tell you what, he's got quick hands. Yeah, come on, woo, Ear nose, doors. <laughs> come on. Give me some, there you go. Threw like a girl. Come on, no. <laughs> give me some back. <laughs> oh, we dropped the ball. Amen. So are you getting what I'm talking about? Give me some. All right. That's my girl. So listen, it takes a team, right? And every team member has a part to play. Every team member has a supply, has a gift, has a talent. That's why it makes the body whole. But listen, John, man, John has something I need. John's not here today. Man. I needed what John had. But John's not here. So we just lost a little bit of traction. John just lost a little bit of traction because he's been distracted. But see, God's been wanting to rebuild him. 
But see, he came back to church, and he was at church one week, and so he felt God moving, but, you know, he put his time in. And so, praise the Lord, we didn't see John for another three weeks, but, man, hey, listen, I need John's supply. Man, John is not here again. I needed what John had. John's got gifts and talents that God wants to use so that we can have all things in common, but without John, man, we can't be rebuilt like we need to. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? Every person is important. Every person has a supply. And when you are rebuilding a house, when the guy that is doing the foundation and delivering the blocks, well, listen, you might get the blocks dropped off, but if the guy that has the cement don't show up, you can't do anything. And the same thing is applicable when it comes to the body of Christ. You are valuable and you are needed, and God needs you to not only be a part of the rebuilding process, but to allow God to rebuild you, because that's when we go from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from glory to glory. God's wanting us to, to go to the next place. You're doing all right. God's wanting us to see some things here in this hour. Let me give you a couple different things here. Jesus made this statement. He said in John's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus answered, he said, destroy this sanctuary, and in three days I will rebuild it. He was talking about his crucifixion, but he says, you know what? Even though you destroy it, it'll be rebuilt. But when it's rebuilt, <laughs> you know who's going to benefit? All my kids. See, even Jesus was a part of the rebuilding process. Notice what it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. How do we know that the church is under construction right now? We're told that there's a rebuilding that is necessary. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, or beginning in verse 1. It says, but no. It says, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. How many of you know that we are in the last of the last days? And I know if you've been in church any length of time, you've heard those things before, but I'll, I'll give you some examples in a moment. But we are in the last days. And he says, in these last days, he says, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despising of good, or despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than the love of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. He says, this is the body of Christ. He says, these are some things that you're going to see in the last days before I come. So are we seeing that in the body of Christ today? Absolutely. And if you don't know the answer to that, then the answer is absolutely, emphatically, yes. I was talking to a friend uh, just uh, Friday night. He pastors down in Sterling Heights. He runs a church of around 3,500 people. I asked him, how's things going? He says, well, we're lucky if we got 25% of our people coming back. Huh. And there's like, but we just can't get it. 
it's, it's hard for us to wrap our head around because we just saw the individuals, the ones that said, well, the doctor told them not to come back to church because it's not safe for them, but we just saw them in another event and hanging around people and socializing with people and closer than six foot apart. But for some reason, there's something in the mindset of people that, listen, I can't find myself in the house of God because, dear God, I might get sick or there might not be enough power of God there to, to bail me out. But no, listen, God wants us to know that in this process, in the time of perilous times, he says, I've got you. Matthew chapter 24, this is Jesus speaking. Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 10, it says, And then many will be offended. Jesus is speaking. He says, Many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Are we seeing people being offended today in the body of Christ? Oh, man, just look at them wrong, they get offended. Just get distracted in church and, 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 and be so about what you need to do that you fail to see them or shake their hand. And it's like, dear God, you walked right past me. You didn't even shake my hand. They looked at me and turned around and walked the other way. And you didn't even realize that they were standing there. But you're just busy about the day. You're busy about what you got to do Sunday morning. And so you're, you're, you're focused on other things. And people will get offended at the smallest things. And listen people will try to pull you into their offense. The scripture tells us that in the last days that the days will return back to the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, the Bible says that sin rose to such a level that, he, that God had to step in and intervene. Are we seeing evil rise in this day and this hour? Are we seeing unrighteousness become more than it's ever been? The, the answer is yes. The Bible also tells us that in the last days, he said the days will return back to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that is happening to this day as well. He said even the children's thoughts were evil. Are we seeing just many, in fact, there's a big thing going on right now on the Netflix things with child, whatever you call it, exploitation. So we're seeing it right in front of us. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said... I'm coming back for a glorious church. I'm coming back for a church without spot or without wrinkle. Hey, listen, has there been some spots and some wrinkles in the body of Christ? Yes. Has there been some potholes that, that, that have been needing to be addressed? Yes. But God said, Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or without wrinkle. So that must mean there must be a rebuilding that is coming and upon us in order for, her, for him to come and get the glorious church. Because it's got to look different than what it looks like right now. And please understand, I'm not talking about GBC. I'm talking about the church of God. Again, I said, how do we know that this is a time for rebuilding? Well, Jesus said that there are going to be signs that are going to point to my coming. Let me give you a couple signs that we're under construction right now. You all right? We're almost done. Give me five more minutes. It says, in the Word of God, he says, the generation that sees Israel become a nation will see or will be the generation to see the coming of the Lord. There are people in this place right now that were alive when Israel became a nation once again. So from that generation to the youngest generation in this room will see the return of the Lord Jesus. That's the prophetic word. So that means construction a rebuilding is taking place right now. We also see that the 
that the Hebrew language has been restored. We see that there is a revival of the Roman Empire. We see that the fertility of the land of Israel has come back. Do you realize that there was a time when Israel was barren, but there is such a vast uh, 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 increase of life, and, and it's, uh, it's flourishing because life has come back to the land. There has been 172 predatory birds returned back to the land. What's that necessary for? What do you realize at the great battle of Armageddon when it says that the blood is going to reach the bridle of the horse? There's going to be a lot of people that are dead. Well, that means that 172 predatory birds came back, so again, they're going to clean up the mess and the remains that are left. See, God is really orchestrating the coming of, of Jesus. It's, it's upon us. The time is now. And so therefore, he's rebuilding the church and getting us to a place of being aware that it is time for us to be ready. We also see that fish are showing up in the Dead Sea. You see that there was four, four blood-red moons in just these last few years, right? In fact, the interesting thing is, is that they've happened on Passover and on the Feast of Tabernacles. God's not making mistakes, but he says there will be signs to let you know that I'm coming. How many of you saw the Bethlehem star? Was it last year? First time in 2,000 years. God knows how to get your attention to say, I'm wanting to rebuild. It's time to be under construction because I want you to be ready for my return. And God's wanting to do a work on the inside of us. God doesn't want to show us these signs for us to be scared or be fretful. He wants us to not be deceived. He wants us to not trouble. He wants us to be happy, hopeful, and comforted knowing that Jesus is coming. The Bible tells us that sin will abound but how much more does the grace of God abound? In this hour that seems to be dark and continually going darker, God says in this hour, He says, my grace will abound. He said, it will continue. But He says, I'll rebuild and I will help construct you in a way that you're untouchable. Let's stand. He says, when sin abounds, how much more shall the grace abound? I realize that times are difficult right now. Times are challenging. But once again, remember, he said, I'm doing a work within my church. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. He said, I'll give you the grace. The grace is the empowerment of God to do what you can't do by yourself. Isaiah 10, 27, it says that it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. There might be people right now in this place that find themselves in a yoke. And you can't get turned loose from the yoke. That yoke is around your neck, but that yoke is always yoked to something else. That yoke might be the yoke of your past. It might be the yoke of your pain, your hurt, your discouragement. It might be a yoke that's attached to your, your uh, hurt that God didn't do something. But he says it's the grace and the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. And it's within the body of Christ that he says we have all things in common.
so at this ball is the anointing is the grace and you happen to be in the right place at the right time he just received some grace the yoke that he came in with he don't have to leave with somebody else might be hurting you see, dear God, I wish I could get this monkey off my back. He says, don't forsake the assembling, uh, uh, assembling of yourselves together. As some have gotten in the habit of doing, he says, even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So you come to church. Man, that's the last thing that I wanted to do. I didn't want to get out of bed this morning, but dear God, I know that I needed to come. I know that I needed to be here. I know that there was a word for me. I knew that God wanted to do something in my life. And you show up at church and received the anointing and the yoke destroyed. And not only was the yoke destroyed, not just feeling in the moment the emotion and the feeling that I'm free. But not only the yoke being destroyed, the burden of it was destroyed. And as you leave this place, having been rebuilt in the presence of God, God says, when you go out there, people are going to see the transformation. Because I need people to see me. And people are running. And people are afraid. And people are in fear. And therefore they need to see the grace, the glory, and the freedom in your life. Because you are my church for this hour. And so as we allow ourselves to continue to be rebuilt. God's going to continue to do some amazing things. Come into church. She needed a miracle. She needed a miracle because the doctor said, and there was no hope, but she came. And there was a miracle waiting for her. And not only that, I got to hear her testimony of God's love. And when she began to give that back to me, whoo! God do it for you, he'll do it for me. Oh, come on, are you seeing how God uses the body of Christ, but he needs us, needs us to be rebuilt in this time of construction. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, not just the words of a man were heard this morning, but I pray that, God, you were heard through my voice, that you are calling us to a place coming up higher, coming to a place of restoration, coming to a place of newness, coming to a place of rededication, coming to a place of that first love like we once knew. So that as we get together, all the distractions of the world don't weigh us down, but we're so overjoyed to come and share of the goodness of God. And oh, we'll go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, because we have spent time in your presence. So, God, we thank you for the rebuilding of the church. And I ask you right now, God, that you would continue to arrest our hearts, arrest our attentions. Lord, don't give up on us. Don't lose your hold on us. Even when we say, God, I don't want it. God, I thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that, that we're being transformed in Jesus' wonderful name. 
everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, I trust you got something. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life